Welcome to the Acupuncture Marketing School podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Grassick, and I'm here to help you get visible in your community, take marketing action with confidence, and get more patience in your practice and more money in your pocket every week. We both know you're a talented, passionate acupuncturist and that acupuncture has the power to change lives. So let's dive right into this episode and talk about how you can reach more patients. Hello there. Welcome back. This week, I'm chatting with Roxanne Francis, an award-winning psychotherapist and business coach based in Toronto. She's the CEO of Francis Psychotherapy and Consulting, where she runs a busy group therapy practice with her team. And she's also the founder of The Therapist Lounge, a conference created to support and provide community for solo practitioners. She's also frequently featured in local and national media outlets, including Canada's well-known Breakfast Television. In this episode, we cover so much ground. We discuss the similarities between building an acupuncture practice and building a therapy practice, which unfortunately both include getting very little marketing education in school, as well as that feeling that you're left to figure it all out on your own when you graduate. We also talk about how both therapists and acupuncturists and really all wellness providers can benefit from a community and support, how TV appearances have helped to build Roxanne's therapy practice through credibility and visibility, Roxanne's specific advice for pitching to TV producers, overcoming nervousness in public speaking, how to plan for slow seasons in your practice, and why consistency on social media and being on social media constantly are not the same thing, and much more. So I hope you really enjoy this gem of an episode with Roxanne. This episode is sponsored by AccuHub, your personal remote reception team. I use AccuHub at my practice and I absolutely love it. AccuHub works with acupuncture and chiropractic clinics across the U.S. and Canada. So whether you have a solo practice or multiple practitioners, AccuHub can be your only receptionist if you'd like, or they can work in conjunction with your on-the-ground front desk team to offer additional support. For example, freeing up valuable time for your in-person office staff to complete other tasks with fewer interruptions. When working with AccuHub, you can rely on a dedicated one or two U.S.-based, highly trained receptionists to answer incoming calls and inquiries, schedule appointments in your EHR, onboard new patients, and answer questions specific to your practice. AccuHub offers month-to-month services with no contracts or termination fees, with rates between just $5 and $8 per hour, depending on the size of your practice. Save time and money with your own dedicated AccuHub receptionist. Visit accu-hub.com to learn more, and I will put the link in the show notes to make it easy for you. All right, let's dive into today's episode with Roxanne. Hello, Roxanne. Thank you so much for joining me today. Of course. It's my pleasure. I know you are super busy. You have so many businesses and amazing projects going on. I'm really excited to talk to you about maybe not all of them, but most of them would be great. You are a psychotherapist in Canada. You also have the Therapist Lounge, which I can't wait to talk about, where you support other therapists because 
I feel like the phrase is therapists need therapy too, or they need support, they need community. And I think the same is true for acupuncture. So there's going to be so many wonderful parallels between everything that you offer and acupuncture as well today. And you're a business coach as well, correct? I am. Yeah, I also coach and support, I guess, newer therapists in the field or therapists who, who feel that they need some support along the way. Can you tell us about the Therapist Lounge? Yeah, for sure. So Therapist Lounge is an event that I created for counselors or psychotherapists who... Actually, I'll tell you why I started it. It actually happened as we were sort of coming out of the pandemic. Um, The pandemic had us all sequestered in our homes and providing counseling virtually. And uh, for a long time, I just thought to myself, I miss my friends. This is very lonely. I never see anyone, right? And we were kind of crawling out of the pandemic where I was living. People needed, you know, vaccines to go here or there. People were still wearing masks. And I thought, I think a few of us should just get together. And some people were a little bit nervous. And I just went to a restaurant and I said, I want to do a high tea. I just want to book this room and I'm just going to create an event right and see what happens. And so I was able to sell about 20 tickets. <laughs> that was the first event. And people came and I was a speaker and I spoke about burnout and we had some dark humor. And people were just so excited to actually see each other in person. And it was such a small event. I thought nothing of it, but people started posting it all over social media. And I kept hearing, oh my goodness, I can't believe I missed this. When is the next one? Mm. And so I thought, huh, that's really interesting. And so I randomly picked a date for the next time. And I started asking people, what do you need support for? And so I started doing some, you know, some market research. But also, because I support other therapists in the field, a lot of what I was getting was that people were burning out. Mm. They weren't taking care of themselves. So they needed wellness support and advice. But also, people kept asking me about finance, about legal, about contracts, about marketing, about social media. And I thought, no one is out here offering any business support to any of these therapists, right? Mm. So people are going to grad school and they're getting all of this knowledge about how to support people with anxiety and depression. And then the schools are just saying, go forth and heal the world. And everyone's coming to me like, how? Like, you know, how do I get clients? What about taxes? I need a contract. What do I do? And so in my entrepreneurial journey, I have paid for some really, really great support. And so I just reached back to some people in my, you know, bag of resources and said, hey, so I'm going to do this thing. And I'm wondering if you could come and talk for 15 minutes. Just tell the people. Yeah. And so the second one was born and I got an event planner to help me because I'm not very good in that area. <laughs> me and either. It, it was... It was phenomenal. And I got a little bit of a a media coverage and it just mushroomed from there. And then it's it's just gotten bigger. And every time I have an event, everyone keeps saying, when is the next one? So I don't know how this is going to all unfold. But one thing is for sure, the Therapist Lounge is sorely needed. People Mm. keep coming saying there's nothing like this anywhere. You know, we have wellness experts. We have the last one we had a a massage therapist. The previous one we had a chiropractor. Like we just are providing supports for people that don't seem to exist anywhere. 
I feel like acupuncturists desperately need the therapist lounge. Yes, yes. Come you could, on through. You Come could launch an acupuncturist lounge, and I think it would be really well attended. And you are based in Toronto, is that correct? I am. That's correct. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. There's so many incredible acupuncturists in Toronto in that area. Yeah. Acupuncturists have a very similar situation where we graduate from school. And they're just like, go forth and heal everyone. Mm-hmm. And you have absolutely no idea how to get patients. Exactly. And you have all this debt and you have no income mm-hmm. for a little while while mm-hmm. you're working on things. And I think it is refreshing and helpful to hear that we are not the only profession that this happens to. No. I mean, I think it's common in a lot of the wellness entrepreneur professions, unfortunately. Yeah. And I also feel like a lot of the marketing and practice management that's taught for one profession kind of rolls over into the others, right? right? Like good marketing advice is almost always good marketing advice across the board. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you're also helping people with? Their marketing? Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. I mean, I'm not a marketing specialist, which is one of the reasons why I listen to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I do tell people that there are some things that I know, but I do not know everything. That being said, if you're open to it, I'm glad to share what has worked for me and what I know, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's there's, what I, I think there's really something profound about getting that kind of advice from someone who has been in the trenches, who knows the experience of building something from nothing, mm-hmm. especially in your particular profession. And they can say, you know, when I was coming up, this is what was worth my time and energy. Right. So even, you know, I, I have so many guests on the podcast who just have successful businesses. And it's like, it doesn't even matter if they consider themselves marketing experts They really are because they've been there and then their feedback is so educational for other people. And I think even if you're pretty well established and you have a good number of patients, it's inspiring to hear what works for others because you think, oh, I never would have thought of that by myself. I never would have applied it that way. Right, right. And it's one of the reasons why I love the Therapist Lounge because it's also a wonderful networking event and Mm. people get together and they meet people and then they go for lunch together and they learn things from each other. Yes. It's always great. I always say you get the wisest result when you get everyone's wisdom. Ooh, I love that. Right. Yeah. I saw on your Instagram account, you had a really nice reel. And I think the cover title was something like entrepreneurship is tough, but so are you. Yeah, that's right. And Yeah. And you <laughs> talked about how helpful it is to get together with others, exactly like you're describing and hear the behind the scenes of yeah. other people's businesses. And then you sort of realize you're not alone. Other people have been there before you. Yeah. There are people who can help you. Yeah. And people need that reminder because as you said, it can be so lonely to be in a solo wellness profession. 100%. It's lonely and it's difficult. And Mm -hmm. when you are doing this thing by yourself and you have a really bad day or, you know, Mm -hmm. the bank tells you no, or something bad happens with taxes, or it's a season in the year and maybe you're new at this and suddenly your clients all go bye-bye and you're wondering if you are falling down. Well, the truth of the matter is, If you get around with five other people who are like two steps ahead of you, they'll say, this happens every year at this time of the Mm -hmm. year. So here's what you need to do to prepare for that, right? And I also think that sometimes social media can, I think we all know this, but sometimes social media can do us a disservice 
because we see people doing well. We see people who mm-hmm. have these great businesses. And it's one of the reasons why in my stories on, on Instagram, I will say when I'm having a bad day, I will say when, you know, this thing happened or I cried today or, you know, mm-hmm. I had to call such and such for advice because people need to know that this is real and we are real people and your business isn't failing because you've had a bad week or because you've had a bad month or a bad day or you've been rejected or somebody has told you no or your client says, I don't want you anymore. Like These are the real things of business. But if no one tells you, if everyone keeps it a secret, you think that you are failing. Yeah, we always think there's something wrong with us as yeah. individuals. Yeah. I was talking to an acupuncturist recently and she said something to the effect of, I get new patients and I really think I am doing a good job. She's like, I try to be honest with myself about evaluating if it went well or not. And she's like, sometimes people just disappear uh-huh. and I never hear from them again. I, I get positive feedback from them. I think they're having a great experience. They come two or three times and, th- and then they're just gone forever. Yeah. And she's like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And I'm like, well, I've been doing this for 13 years. And sometimes that is just the case. <laughs> People, they have such good intentions. They're like, I'm going to give you a call. And then it doesn't matter how many times you contact them or how many avenues they're yeah. just... They disappear. Yeah. They're in they the disappear. ether. And oftentimes it has nothing to do with you, right? right. Yes. I tell therapists, clients move. Mm-hmm. They get sick. Yeah. They get married. Like the jobs change. Like all kinds of things happen, right? Mm-hmm. I, I always give this example. A few years ago, I had a patient or slash client who came to me. We were doing some really great work. And we were talking about a relationship that was in our life. And I asked her a question about the relationship. And then, then I didn't hear from her again. Mm-hmm. And I thought, Oh, that's weird. What did I do? What did, like what happened? And then about a year and a half later, she called back in and did another intake and showed up. And she said, I don't know if you noticed my background is different. You know, he had asked me a question about a, a, a close relationship and I wasn't ready to face the truth of that. And I had to go away and really think about that. Mm -hmm. And when I came to terms with that, I realized I couldn't be in this relationship anymore. And so she, her whole life changed. And then she was ready to come back to therapy. So sometimes, sometimes it's not you, it's them. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I try to remind people of that. And I think I agree with the idea that like they, they move, they're, overwhelmed by taking care of elderly parents Mm -hmm. it's like we take on the responsibility of their disappearance and then Mm -hmm. we bump into them at the grocery store and they're just (laughs) like oh xyz happened i miss you and you're like oh wow so once you've had that experience a couple times you have the bigger picture and you can let it go when it happens but especially if you're newer in practice i think that it can be so disheartening totally you had mentioned surviving slow seasons. Mm-hmm. And I'm really curious what kind of advice you give people for that. I invite people to pay attention to their, their fee or their pricing mm-hmm. and sort of build in a little bit of a buffer in that pricing because I'm not sure what it's, your, what it's like in the acupuncture world, but in the psychotherapy world, 
particularly where I live, where we get a lot of months of winter. <laughs> in the summertime, the sun comes out and fixes everyone's ails, right? And so, Acupuncture similar. Really? Okay. Yes. People go on vacation, they go to the beach, they mm-hmm. hang out. Nobody wants therapy. And so I invite people to either consider to using that time to go on vacation as well, slow down on their business, mm-hmm. or, all, you know, some people, I encourage them to do things like run workshops or groups, mm. or, you know, I had one person who did a lot of work with young children. And so I encouraged her in the tail end of the spring to send a newsletter to all the parents saying, are you going on vacation with your child? Do you find that these behaviors happen while you're going on vacation? Well, at the beginning of the summer, I'm going to have this series to help you with your parenting over the course of the summer. And so she was able to follow through on that and make some money to help tide her over the course of the summer. Maybe you can collaborate with someone, do some kind of special or offer workshops to the library or summer camps so that you can offer a different kind of service other than just the one-on-one. Because, you know, I say to therapists all the time, whether or not you're actually working, your bills are disrespectful and they will show up whether or not you invite them. (laughs) Right. So you may as well prepare. (laughs) That is such a great idea. And I do think that's the kind of thing that requires preparation in advance. So even now, you know, we're recording this in December, like the start of the new year is a great time to think about brainstorming, you know, as acupuncturists, what could we offer that's similar like a workshop at the end of spring? If you feel like summer's slow, I know summer's a little slow at my practice. I think Mm -hmm. the vitamin D from the sun just has such a huge impact on people and they really feel better. They do. Usual, and they just are like, yeah, I'm good. I don't need acupuncture. I'm like, well, (laughs) really? Should please keep coming back, right? Like, it's cumulative. I'm glad you feel great. Yes, yes. But yeah, I think a a lot of acupuncturists see a very similar dip as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I encourage people to, outside of the courses and and so on, to also build it into their pricing and save a little bit so Mm -hmm. that when the dollars are, are slower to come in during the summer, you have a little bit extra. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of thinking about finances the way a teacher might, because I, yes. as far as I know, teachers can choose to divide up their paycheck and keep getting paid over Brilliant. the summer, exactly. or they can keep it all during pre- like when they're teaching, and then they have nothing in the summer. So in exactly. that case, you've got to save, save. got to make a yeah. plan. 100%. 100%. Yeah. You can't just be day to day. You do have to make a plan. Yes. Someone asked me recently, I think it was for studentloan.gov. They were like, what is the frequency of your paychecks? And I was like, people give me cash every day. I don't understand the question. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm like, bi-weekly. Bi-weekly yeah. is the answer. <laughs> yes, yes. Such is the life. <laughs> so you have been on Breakfast Television, which is a national morning show in Canada, yes, multiple yes. times. And I'm so curious, are you a regular guest? They bring you in occasionally or you're on there like every week? Yeah. So, yes, it is a fairly popular morning show. I would say it's mm-hmm. something probably similar to the Today Show, if you will. Okay. Yeah. And initially when they asked me to come on, it was just to speak to, I think I came on because there's a day in February that's 
celebrate, I guess, here in Canada, it's, it's a mental health day, basically. And it's a day where people talk about mental wellness. And so they brought me on to talk about that, but also to talk about children, because at that time in my practice, I worked with a lot of children. And so they asked me to come on to talk about children's anxiety and parenting. Mm. And then during the pandemic, that took off because children were not well. Parents didn't know what to do. And so I was doing a lot of virtual guest TV appearances. And we're actually just now working on some kind of arrangement for me to come on maybe once a month. But before that, I would say that I was not the person who came on TV when things were well. I was the person that they called when everything was hitting the fan, when Mm. bad things were happening in the news. How do I talk to my children about such and such? You know, this person in the entertainment industry is no longer with us. How do we navigate that? You know, men's mental health or mental health awareness month. You know, I was just on the other day around navigating grief and loneliness during the holidays when it's the season of happy and bright. And so I'm, I'm on fairly regularly just based on what goes on in the world. But we're just now in the process of trying to formalize something in terms of a, a very steady frequency. Wonderful. Yeah, I just saw on Instagram, because I'm not in Canada, so I don't get this television show, but I saw your piece on mental health during the holiday season. Yes, yes. So how did you originally make the connection to be invited to do that? Because I think that a lot of acupuncturists would love to have that visibility and build their brand that way. I'm sure a lot of people feel terrified by the idea of being Mm -hmm. on national television. Mm -hmm. Fair. But it's also, you know, there are lots of people that they could choose. It's intimidating for people to even feel like it could be possible for them. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. It definitely makes sense. And I will tell you this. It's it's uh, one of the things that I, I love about your podcast. You talk about the different ways of marketing. Mm-hmm. And I will try to tell this long story very, very short. It actually started because of something just like this. I was talking about wellness on Instagram. I was talking about taking care of your children. I was talking about how to recognize signs of poor mental health and A distant colleague of mine who we would chat in the DMs every once in a while, she had connections to the media. But before the whole, before the media, she has a very large following of mothers. And she said, I would like to do a live that I want to, I want to do an interview with you for moms. And I'm going to put it on my Facebook channel. And so we had a really, really great conversation. And then we just started chatting back and forth in the DMs. And then one day I was in the grocery store and I came out and looked at my phone and there was an email saying someone from a particular show is looking for a therapist to talk about mental health. And I emailed two people, include, well, as well as yourself. And I guess the first person who responds to them will get the spot. Oh and I emailed them so fast. <laughs> I replied. <laughs> And I said, I volunteer. (laughs) And I had never been on TV before, but I just thought it can't be much different from an Instagram live because it was going to be virtual. Right. Okay. So I went into my stories and I said, this blazer or that blazer. And uh, I tried to get people all excited with me and I showed up and I tried to present as my most articulate self. And then they asked me back. And then, of course, you know, the pandemic hit, things started to go sideways. And then they asked me back. 
Mm -hmm. And it just kind of snowballed from there. At one point, I will say, I was going mostly with a particular news station and they had kind of stopped calling and I couldn't figure out why. Mm -hmm. And so I connected with a friend who knows someone who's in PR and I said, do you have any idea what's going on? She looked at all my videos. She said, no, that looks, it looks fine to me. I don't know what's going on, but I have a connection with some producers. I can throw your name around if you want to. And I said, yes, please. And she did that. And more producers started calling me and she would say to me, sometimes you need to pitch them instead of waiting for them to call you. Uh And so I started pitching them ideas. Hey, such and such is happening. Have you ever thought of this angle? And then they would say, hey, that's brilliant. Can you come on on Thursday? It's always early in the morning. And I would say, sure. And then now it's gotten to the point where I don't need to pitch them anymore. They just start showing up in my inbox or they will call me or text. And I'm really, really grateful because when I show up on these shows, there isn't, it's not monetized, right? They don't pay me to show up because I guess that's against their journalistic integrity. But Uh. I do find that it's a way of marketing. So every mm-hmm. time I show up, the analytics on my website go crazy. I get a million followers on my social. Well, not a million, but a few. And <laughs> we would get a spike in our intake calls. And people will say, I saw Roxana TV. And it made me think that I need to address such and such in my mental health. So when you are pitching the producers, or when you used to, mm-hmm. do you feel like you really had to have the introduction from your mutual acquaintance first? So it's not necessarily like we could cold pitch producers if we found their email online because people are always asking me, how do I get like a media appearance, which I have never had. Mm -hmm. So I can read things online, but it's always better to ask people who've done it. I think you can cold pitch producers. I, I have done that in the past and I've done so successfully. I think you need to let producers know Yes, who you are, you want to see, they want to see the credentials or that you are, you have expertise in what it is that you do. But also, I think it's important for you to show them why their viewers are going to be interested in you. Mm, Right? This isn't about you being amazing. This is about knowing their audience and maybe taking a look at some of their broadcasts or their shows to see what are some of the things, who are some of the guests that they have on there. Like, I'm not going to show up on an automotive broadcast because I, that just doesn't fit, right? But the morning television where moms aren't home with their kids or parents of teenagers or burnt out workers who are maybe mm-hmm. on a stress leave, right? These are people who are watching the shows in the morning or people getting ready for work, trying to get, you know, the lunch boxes in the bags before they head out the door. These are the people who are watching. So how does what I have to say fit in with their audience? How will their audience benefit? I think those are things that producers are interested in. And I think it just so happens that we are in a season of our lives where wellness is of the utmost importance and people are looking for ways to get well. There are people who are hurting physically and mentally. And so I think your audience, if if people are acupuncturists and they are looking to get into the media, I would say, Yes, call, pitch the producers, talk to them about the population that you serve. If you've spoken anywhere before, you want to let them know about that. If you've been interviewed by anyone, maybe send them a clip or a link to what it is that you've done and talk about how you how, how the information that you are going to bring will impact their viewers or their, their readership. Gotcha. So it's better to be specific, it sounds like, 
yeah. to say, you know, this thing is happening in the world and Definitely. here's how I would apply Chinese medicine or acupuncture to this. And this is how your viewers benefit. 100%. It, it, gotcha. It's really important to be specific. And it's even, I think it will also be helpful if you pay attention to the news cycle, okay. which yeah. goes really, really fast, right? You don't want to pitch today at you know, about something that was happening in the news last month because things go by really, really fast. No one has a long attention span anymore. We live in TikTok era. So uh, you really want to pay attention to what's been going on in the news this week, yesterday, and pay attention to that and send in your pitch. As soon as you think of it, put it together and send it out. And so it sounds like you didn't have to use Haro, help a reporter out. Are you familiar no. with that? Okay. No. Okay. Help a reporter out is where you can register and put your expertise up there. And then if people, if the reporters have a specific topic question and they're looking for expertise, yeah, then they can kind of scroll through and they might select you. Mm. But it sounds like that's more like a waiting game. Yes. And what you're talking about is much more proactive, which is what your friend was saying. Right. Don't, don't just sit and wait. Right. And, you know, I have had part of the work that I do as well is I do organizational consultation. So I will go in and talk to groups of staff about a particular thing as it relates to mental health. And I will tell you that not only have I pitched to the media, but when I actually do land media, I then put the clips on social and people have reached out to me based on just that, based on mm. the clips. I've been able to develop a different stream of income just because... I have posted the re replays of that of that clip online. I'm always trying to remind people that it's not it's not like showing off. No. Like if you've done something amazing, if you've done some public speaking or you received an award, yes. like please share that on social media and yes. on your website because that builds so much authority and credibility. Yes, and credibility, yes. Yeah, which makes people want to say yes to you. And then it just kind of snowballs and snowballs. And I'm sure this is true for other wellness entrepreneurs beside acupuncturists, but we tend to feel like um, we can't toot our own horn. Mm -hmm. Like it really doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. Who am I to do this mm -hmm. sort of thing? But I am sure that everyone has a really genuine audience, for example, on their email subscriber list and on social media of people who are willing to celebrate those wins with you. And then they're out there in the world for other people who are looking for your specific expertise. Definitely, definitely. I think it pays to, to show people what you have done and people who know you will recognize that you're not showing off. Right. If yeah. you have a social media account, people who've been following you, so to speak, they mm -hmm. will get to understand who you are and trust you. And they will recognize that you're not showing off and they will celebrate with you. Yeah. Right? They're your biggest supporters. Mm -hmm. in some ways. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you feel like it took you a little while to feel kind of cool and comfortable, like being on television or doing public speaking? Oh my goodness. The first couple of times I was on television, it was virtual. They were in studio and I was at home. Mm -hmm. And I honestly thought that they could hear my heart beating on the <laughs> other side of the monitor. <laughs> I love it. I was so, like, I, I knew what to say. I knew what I was talking about. But I was so nervous, but I, I would, you know, friends would watch on TV or I would send them the clips and they would say, we can't tell. 
we can, you seem, you know, I, we can't tell what's going on inside. So mm-hmm. I would just let that, res- let, let that sit with me. And so I would say, even, even today, I still get, not as nervous as before, but I still get a little jittery, particularly when it's in studio, right? Mm-hmm. And sure. <laughs> there's only like a 30 second delay. There's not much. And so I would sit there and they would say, okay, five seconds. And my heart goes, <gasps> right? And then I go, okay, it's fine fine you're fine you're good you know what to say and then I start talking and then eventually it goes away but particularly when I remember when I'm talking to clients who have anxiety I often let them know that the more you do a thing the more the anxiety goes away yes yeah sometimes I will sort of have this discussion about PR and media appearances with marketing students or marketing clients and it just feels so far out of their wheelhouse like they can't imagine being like cool and collected in a blazer on national television. (laughs) And I remind them that, you know, that's not necessarily like where it begins. We're not just going to dump you into national TV. It'll probably be the sort of thing where you're working up gradually and public speaking, even on the internet, gets easier with time. Mm -hmm. I am such an introvert. It took me a very long time to decide to launch a podcast, Mm. (laughs) to put my voice out there and to, you know, be willing to be interviewed by other people. Mm -hmm. And it definitely has improved with time. So I hope that I hope that really encourages people who feel like they have something really powerful and important to share that could Mm -hmm. help others. But they feel nervous about the visibility piece and the public speaking. Right. You're going to go step by step and it's going to get better. It's going to get better. It will only get better. The more you mm-hmm. do it, it will it will get better. It will become a part of it will just become a part of what you do. Right. Right. Yeah. And I would never have guessed that you get nervous. Your podcast is phenomenal. Oh, thank you. I feel like <laughs> I get to be at home sometimes in my pajamas and that helps a lot. <laughs> I'm sure it does. <laughs> For people thinking it's like cool and collected. <laughs> so I'm really curious what marketing do you feel is working well for the therapists that you're coaching right now to build their practices? Mm-hmm. So the marketing that's working for the people who work with me? Uh, yeah. 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 So social media works for them. Okay. Wonderful. And on social media, particularly talking about what they know. Mm. Oftentimes people will want to only put up statistics, which is great, or only put up tips, which is awesome, which is also awesome. But people also want to know who you are. In the social media world, they like to talk about that know, like, and trust factor, Mm -hmm. right? People have to feel like they know you, that they like you, and that they can trust you. But when you sort of show up with your face and use your voice and you talk to people about the thing, it's almost as though you're speaking into their life. Mm -hmm. And when you show up, what has been working for the therapist that I work with is consistency. You don't have to show up on social or network or do those things constantly. But when it's consistent with some kind of regularity, you will start to be top of mind for people. So you may not get clients right away because we know marketing is one of those things that pays you a little bit later. Mm -hmm. But you might not get clients right away, but you'll be top of mind when someone says, you know, my niece is struggling with this and this. And they will say, oh, I know who you should talk to. This person, should, I see this person all the time and they, they're brilliant and they're so relatable and they're so kind. So showing up the consistency definitely pays off. Vlogging works 
for the therapists mm-hmm. that I support. Showing up also on LinkedIn, of all places. Mm, okay. A lot of my clinicians will say, but LinkedIn is for people who are looking for a job. And I would say, well, those people who are either looking for a job or they're the CEOs or the VPs, they struggle with whatever it is. They struggle with pain. They struggle with anxiety. They struggle with parenting or grief. Mm. And so if you show up and you say, here are some things that you need to pay attention to, because because that's where they hang out. Yeah, you're going to you're coming straight to them. Right. So that works as well. Community works as well. Showing up in the community. So I have encouraged my clients to go to their local library, ask them, have you ever had a mental health workshop or a symposium? What if I show up on a Saturday morning and I use that space over there for an hour? Would you allow me to hand out my business cards at no charge to you or or your patrons? That's something that they would be open to collaborating with. I'm not sure what it's like where you are, but going to an urgent care center and finding out from the, the, the manager there, you know, who do you refer, who do the, who the physicians here refer to when it comes to this thing or that thing? Is it okay if I leave my business cards or our flyer or brochure here? I'm not sure if when you have waiting rooms where you are, if you have those giant TVs that scroll with health, health information, mm-hmm. right? Find out yeah. how much does it cost to get my face up there, to get my logo up there. So smart. Oh my gosh. I love that. Those are some things that we we talk about. I also really appreciate that you said you don't have to show up on social media constantly, but you have to be there consistently. I think that people are confusing the two things and they are afraid that consistently, which could be once or twice a week, means that they have to be on, you know, Instagram, for example all day long interacting with people posting on stories that the, they can never put their phone down or take a break or they have to overshare in order to be successful but the constantly piece is is very draining and leads to burnout so i don't recommend that that's right but the consistency can look very different from that right. so i think that's a relief for people to hear yeah i think showing up in a way that's regular I don't know much about the algorithm, but I would imagine that when the algorithm sees you on a regular basis, it will start to show your content. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Who has time to be on social media all day, every day? <laughs> we have real lives. Yes. We have real patience. We've got things to do. <laughs> things to do. Exactly. <laughs> so I have one more question for you, yes. and that is, what is your definition of success? Oh, gosh. I think my personal definition of success is getting to do what you love on your own terms. I think when you do what you love in a way that you love it, it will bring your clients and patients to you. I think they will see that and you will, you will enjoy it. I remember when I was working at a a nine to five job, I used to think to myself, I need to get out of here because I want to be able to work on my own terms and have all this time off and whatever. When I started entrepreneurship, I began to realize that I was sometimes working harder than I was at my nine to five, but I loved it. Mm -hmm. And I was working at it with so much passion and I was excited about it. And so that was success for me. And so even if I have to 
create a workshop and I'm working on it one after my kids go to bed, it's something that I love and I love the finished product and I love delivering it. And it brings me a feeling of success. Success doesn't mean, well, for me at least, it doesn't mean having all the zeros in my bank account. It doesn't mean working a four hour work week. It doesn't, you know, but it does mean that, you know, I have two little boys and it does allow for me to work on my own terms so that I carve out an hour when they get home from school, I'm available for them for a certain amount of time. And then after that, they know that they have to do their homework and mommy has to see a patient, but it allows me to do the work on my own terms and it really does fill my cup. I just love that doing what you love on your own terms. I think that really is magnetic. As you Mm. said, it draws people towards you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for your insights today. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Where can we find you online? Where can people connect with you? Yes, most definitely. So I hang out on the internet at www.francispsychotherapy.com. And you can find me on Instagram at Francis Psychotherapy. You can also search my name, Roxanne Francis, on LinkedIn. And you might find me a little bit. I have a very small presence on TikTok at Francis Psychotherapy, but I just don't have the time to handle all of the social media. I have limits, but you can find me. Just search my you have, name. You all have real life things to do. <laughs> I have real life things to do. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you again so much. I have loved this conversation. Thank you. My pleasure. Need a free PDA credit? If you haven't signed up already, I've got a one credit free class for you all about email newsletter marketing. I share my best tips for making email marketing practical and consistent, including how to repurpose content so you're not always writing emails from scratch and what the heck to write about to get your subscribers to click that schedule now button. The link is in the show notes to access this free PDA credit. Enjoy. Enjoy.